Have you plans for 2021, for this year ahead? Are they still in your head or have you written them down? Are they anywhere you can see them right now, to your left, to your right, behind you? Are they in a place where you can regularly review them and remind yourself of them? Have you a list of these goals and a clear idea of how you're going to achieve them? I would say you need some kind of system to decide your revenue goals, your marketing goals, your development goals, and your relationship goals in business. And those are the four categories which come to my mind. Today's guest is Annie Clark of Annie's Training Company in the UK, and she has a system which she follows every year, and she's going to share it with you today. She launched her training business six years ago and has seen it grow year on year because she has help from virtual assistants as well as a team of associates who deliver on her behalf. And of course, having a system like Annie's helps her to achieve much, much more than she would just by coming up with things sporadically. And of course, many of us are guilty of this because we kind of go from month to month or quarter to quarter without some clear plan of what the next quarter or next month or even the next year looks like. So today, which valuable lessons Annie has learned in the first six years, which method Annie uses to devise her goals, how Annie's whoop and poop systems help, which tasks she allocates to a VA to free her up to focus on what I call income generating activities, how Annie got into the training business, of course, that's important to know her story, and how she manages to take every single Friday off without fail. This is episode 124 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, my name is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast, and this is the show for people like you, For people like me and people like today's guest, Annie Clark of Annie's Training Company, this is the show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, training consultants just like you and me and everyone else listening around the world. We have listeners from around the world. And the goal of the show and every episode, whether it's just me solo or having a guest on the show, which is the case today, is to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. Annie, hi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mark. So the reason I have you on the show is that we connected um, during the the first COVID summer. I sound perhaps a bit uh, negative there, but um, that was back in 2020. And it's now January 21. It's a great time to be planning the year ahead. In fact, I typically begin planning in December, but um, for many organizations, January is the time to do some kind of sales kickoff and focus on plans for the year ahead. So let's begin with you, first of all. What got you into the training business? So I have worked within training for the vast majority of my career. And I worked in lots of different organizations, primarily the charity sector. And as I progressed in my career, what I found was that I was doing less and less training. So I was managing trainers. um, I was project managing for big lottery fund programs within charities. And whilst I, I still had my hand in, in some training, I wasn't doing as much as perhaps I had been earlier on in my career. And then I was in um, a fairly senior role for a number of years. 
and managing um, a fantastic project. And unfortunately, I was made redundant from that role. So had a mortgage to pay, um, found a job in a children's charity that was seemingly a, a more junior role to what I had been doing. And that role meant that I was out delivering training two, three times a week. And it was like I had refound my my purpose. It was just such a positive experience for me. And I was also working with some amazing people who really made me think about refocusing my career and refocusing on delivering training and so I I was in that organization for about 18 months and at the same time I was um, I was doing my MBA and also doing a bit of sideline freelancing for people that had been in the children's charity and left and wanted me to come in and help with different pieces of work and it got to that point where I was like am I going to be brave am I going to step off into the abyss and set up my own training company so after a lot of debates and a lot of soul searching I decided that I would rather give it a go uh, and see how it went than uh, just keep doing what I was currently doing and I think also Having done the MBA, it really gave me the confidence to think about all of the ins and outs of, of running a successful business. So six years ago, I, I did. I stepped off into the abyss and haven't looked back. <laughs> but at the time you were working 60 to 70 hours a week, um, when we first spoke, you said you had no systems in place. Um, you were doing the bookkeeping yourself, which, of course, inevitably we end up doing ourselves initially, at least, till we can have someone to help us with these things. Um, you were networking and I often talk about income generating activities. So focusing on those things, which we can bill for, how did getting a VA help you out? Oh my God. It was such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> it was like, ah, it really was one of those light bulb moments. Um, it was, it allowed me to think about what I really wanted to be spending my time on. It was also a massive learning curve because I had to learn to let things go, which isn't a natural strength of mine. I like to be involved. I like to have my fingers in all the pies. Which is normal, I think, when when the company's called Annie's Training Company. It's uh, <laughs> your name's over the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is. It's, it's, it's something that you've produced. It's something that you've grown. So um, having that constructive challenge and pushback from people about why you're doing things in certain ways and why isn't this written down and why why are you doing it this way we could do it in 20 minutes rather than the two hours that it's taking you so it really helped to I would say professionalize the business because clients had somebody that they knew that they could go to on uh, not little things but more of the transactional things um, and I always think that you have to play to your strengths and things like admin, things like finance, they are not playing to my strengths. It takes me twice as long as it would do 
my VA. So I would rather pay someone that's really good at those things. That then frees up my time to focus on um, other aspects of the business. But I think one thing that I would say, Mark, is just to your audience, some of them might be thinking, I don't I don't have the finances to pay for a VA. And it, it is taking that next step, thinking about what do you want for your business? Do you want to grow your business? But in the early days, Mark, my mum was doing my helping with my bookkeeping. Uh, you know, friends of mine were helping. So if you're like, I don't have the money, think creatively about who you have in your network, whether it's friends, family members that you can call on to support you. And my mum still helps with things like proofreading. She likes to keep her hand in and she likes to keep her brain active. So I think it's um, it's important to challenge yourself as well about why you're resisting investing in the business if that's something that perhaps the listeners are thinking as we're talking. And I guess having a VA also helps you to focus on not just business stuff, but personal stuff. It, it gives you the, the mental space to to get some oxygen in the brain and to focus on health. Uh, And I think that's something which has come to the fore in in 2019. So if you think of the things that it frees you to do besides work, you've got planning and this is the topic today. So if you can think of the things that help people when, if they're listening to this and thinking, I've got to plan here, I've got to focus on things which will get me uh, money, get me clients, uh, the important things, you've got some kind of system ahead, which um, you're in on the outside of right now, you've done that, haven't you? You've got uh, five goals for business, six things you want to do work-wise, and seven personal goals. Talk us through the strategic planning that you've done for the year this year. Well, I think the first thing that I would say is that for me, taking that time to do your strategic planning is about creating the foundations for the right mindset for running your business. I think for me, Um, mindset really is one of the most important things that you need to work on as a business owner. And so what I do is I try and make time for planning throughout the year. But every year, I will carve out a dedicated time to go through my strategic planning process. And the first thing that I do, the first thing I start with is I look back on the year and I think about if I was to say what the top 10 achievements were for me in 2020 or 2021, what would I say they are? And that's the first thing that I do, because when I first started out as a business owner, that roller coaster of emotions that you have when you are running your business, going from like, yes, I've just secured a client to like, oh, I haven't heard that from that other person. Um, What's going to happen? Are they going to pay that invoice? All of that is just, it zaps your energy. And so I think taking the time to focus on what has gone well is really important. One of the things I do throughout the year is every month is I write down the five successes for that month. And then that feeds into my top 10 achievements uh, for the year. Uh, The other thing that I do uh, before I start thinking about the future is I think about what the biggest lessons I've learned are in that particular uh, year. So as you were saying 
mark the importance of health so one of the things that i've got on my my planning board is health is the new wealth um i also i I might write down quotes that people have shared with me that have really stuck with me or resonated with me um and something that i think was really important for me in 2020 on a personal level was the importance of having and feeling connected to a local community so biggest lessons learned I then go into a bit more detail um, about the progress that I feel I've made um, against objectives that I had uh, for the previous year so that might be around the number of clients I wanted to work with the number of sessions I wanted just to deliver but I'll also identify what what didn't happen what did I want to happen in 2020 and didn't um, and then the model that I really like to use once I've done that, when I once I've sort of done the the looking back, is I use the start, stop, and continue model. So what do I want to start doing? What do I want to stop doing? What do I want to continue doing? And actually, at this uh, strategic planning session, what I did was I included what do I want to restart? Because for me, the business shifted so dramatically when um, COVID happened that. A lot of things that I was doing on a regular basis that I did stop and I want to restart. So, for example, my my um, consistency on social media really took a bit of a hit. So that's something that I'm looking to restart, reignite. Is that something you're giving to your VA to do or do you do this personally? Um, I have a creative VA and so she's supporting with blogs and LinkedIn content, but I will also contribute to the LinkedIn content as well. So once I've done that, and that's all on just one piece of flip chart paper, because I'm a very visual person and I'll have um, pictures, sometimes I might rip things out of magazines, is I think forward for what I want um, in the coming year. And one of the things that I do is I think about what are the key words that I want running through 2021 for me um so some of the words sorry did you say keywords keywords okay yeah or key it might be key themes so one year i had creativity that was my sort of word of the year um one year i had contentment um and consistency that was really important um i think that was the year before last and so this year, I'm looking at uh, several words, actually, I think I've got five, but the ones that I'll share with you are around um, reliability. That's really, really important for me, both at a business level, but also a personal level. And then unconventional as well, just thinking about how we can do things differently. So as you said, Mark, the the five business goals, six work goals, and um, the, the personal goals. Normally what I do is I have a really detailed, brainstormed uh, flip chart with loads of objectives. And as I started to do that this year, I went, you know what? Actually, there's only so much I can control at the moment. And one thing that I can control is being realistic about what I want the business to do and what I want to do during the course of the next 12 months. So rather than having kind of seemingly unlimited goals, I said, I'm going to do five business goals, five work-based goals, and five individual goals. It actually worked out that there was a, a sixth one that I wanted for the work and there was two extra ones that I wanted for my sort of personal goal so it 
it's ended out being five business goals, six work-related goals, and then um, seven personal goals. And the difference between the business and the, the work goals is that for me, the business goals are what I want the business to be doing, what I want the business to look like, what I want it to achieve. And then the, the work-related goals are how I want to look in the business and what I want to be doing, where I want to be focusing my time and energy. Yeah. And I think that goal setting can be sometimes overwhelming because I'm like you in the sense that I'm visual, I will write things down. And sometimes I come away with such a huge number of objectives. It's almost like, well, almost demotivating because you feel I can't possibly do these things. There's so many of them. Um, So we have to almost prune things, haven't we? We've to say that's achievable or perhaps that's next year's goal that's not something i can do right now or to do this that's almost a stage two or stage three goal um i would need some resources there so i think that what i've what you've heard you say about the retrospective is really key to me and it's it's not rushing into planning the new year ahead without understanding the previous year so the retrospective for me involves you know asking you know things like what worked well did i win new clients did I expand my team? Uh, which of the goals from 2019 I achieved? Um, because often that gives you a kind of a sobering thought about the reality check of, of having all these goals for the coming year. Often we get so excited, happy, flappy about the goals ahead that we forget to look back and say, did we actually achieve the goals for the previous year? Um, I would also ask, you know, where did your business come from this year? Was it through online sales, networking, referrals? Are these channels paying off. And I know I spend lots of time in 2019 on social media. It didn't do so much for me. Um, That's improved a little bit, but I I still wouldn't say I'm an expert in terms of social media. So I'm glad to hear you have a VA who can help you with that creatively. Um, Questions like which of your products or courses earn the most? And often, you know, we have so many things on our website. We're trying to be all kinds of things to all kinds of people. Um, It takes discipline to to whittle down your list and say, these are the things that... uh, are important. And that to me um, w- was a great exercise in, in 2020, niching down and saying, this is the thing I look at. I will say no to these things. Um, and what what programs listening to this did you build? Um, are they selling well compared to other programs? Which marketing activities generated the most leads uh, online, offline? Um, obviously, COVID has thrown a spanner in the works, but maybe with online conferences or referrals, um, what was the competitive landscape like in 2020? Could you have learned from this this year? Which clients gave you the most business, um, local, national, international? Did you lose accounts? To whom and why? Um, which lessons have you learned from that? And a great question for me is, which clients can you let go to grow? How much of your revenue depends on a specific client? Can you afford to, um, to let them go to be able to focus on on better work and more rewarding work. So it's not just about the the revenue that's the, one of the R's, but but the reward of of helping people. So that that is a theme for me. I think in twenty one is is the reward of the thing I'm doing, not just financial but also personal. And if anything, COVID has has highlighted in people's minds the value of of doing what you love to do. And it sounds to me like that's true for you. A hundred percent. I think as I was listening to you talking, I think 
those questions that you're asking yourself are great. And I think I do that. I probably do it in a slightly different way. Um, I think we have different backgrounds, Mark. So perhaps the language that we use and our approach is, is slightly different. And I think that focus on reward for me is so important. And I think it's one of the reasons why I am fortunate enough to be lucky in business is because we're very values led. And for me, it's about, am I enjoying what I'm doing? I've worked with so many consultants. I'm like, I don't think they're actually enjoying what they're doing. Um, But it's also for me thinking about, am I developing? Am I learning new skills? Am I keeping fresh? Because that's what attracts new clients. For me, it's that um, sharing new ideas, sharing new ways of working, sharing new platforms. Um, And I think just going back to what you were saying, Mark, about longer term objectives, I think that that is really important. And that's a very strong motivator for me. Interestingly enough, I haven't done any longer term objectives for this year. Normally what I would do on my vision board was I would have my objectives for the year and then I'd probably have maybe five longer term objectives, whether that was to do with attending or um, undertaking qualification, whether it was working with a particular client that wasn't yet on board. Um, And I've not done that this year because I think it's really important to feel confident that you can achieve those objectives and something that I really listen to is my gut. So for several years, I've been uh, setting myself the objective to read one work-related book a um, a month, and then it went down to one a quarter. This year, I want to read one work-related book um, because I just don't do it. And every year, like you say, Mark, I get to the end and I look at my flip chart and my vision board and I'm like, yeah, I probably read maybe half a three books. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true for everyone, isn't it? Yeah, I just think it's really, if you, as you're writing it, if it makes you go, oh, don't write it. Don't set it as an objective. That's the joy of running your own business is you can do what you want and you can do it in a way that works for you. You don't have to be constrained by the nine to five of the past. In sharing and having someone to to share ideas with, that can also be a reality check. And, and th- that, to my mind, is, is great because you can be very um, creative with your goals and then you it can be demotivating if you don't achieve them. So I think it's important to be careful about what you you plan. It's got to be realistic. Thinking of that very simple acronym, SMART, specific, measurable, achievable, and R for realistic. Um, if, you, if, we, if you plan to do something like reading a book a month and you don't do it, um, that can be, yeah, I think demotivating. So um, maybe there are audio books you can listen to. That's a quicker way of reading books um, than just sitting down to read them. What books for you are on the list for this year? Oh, I've got... <laughs> well, I've got a massive pile, Mark. <laughs> um, but I have got, I'm just having a look. I'm just seeing, I've got quite a lot of um, books to ha- help sort of increase my self-awareness. I've got books around white privilege, um, race, um, subtle acts of exclusion is one why I'm no longer talking to white people about race is another. Um, I would also like to finish Brené Brown's book. For me, what I tend to do is I tend to find articles like on the Harvard Business Review or 
your TED talks, for example, I find that I that suits my learning style much better. I, I engage with them much more. Um, uh, but one thing I think that is really important, Mark, that you you mentioned is if any of your listeners are new to running their own business, if they've used COVID as an opportunity to start um, uh, building a business, is developing your network of trusted people who can be your sounding board and give you that reality check like you talked about Mark that is so important the amount of times I think I said to you when we spoke the other day Mark the amount of times friends family members ex-colleagues said to me oh you're so brave you're so brave for setting up your own business I was like I'm going to charge everybody a pound (laughs) tell me that and then I won't need to worry about generating income um there's I think there's still this really conventional nine to five mindset I think it's shifting I really hope it's shifting but it took me about two years to develop um, some friendships, to develop some relationships with people who are now my go-tos. So I'm like, what should I include in this proposal? Or um, do they think that this sounds okay? All of those um, types of questions that you would ask over the, the table or ask your manager for support on, I think, be really helpful um and i just wanted to offer another um another framework rather than the smart framework if anybody would uh like one which is whoop w-o-o-p i like it because of how it sounds <laughs> so and it, it's a, perhaps a, a little bit more um um not as conventional perhaps so it stands for wishes opportunities obstacles and plans so it's a really nice simple tool to i like that yeah what what do i want for my business moving forward and um, sometimes I, I change it to poop so the w gets changed out for priorities so pri- priorities opportunities obstacles and plan well, if nothing else, is going to bring a smile to your face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so having had a sufficient retrospective, we've looked back, we've learned from the previous year, you have a system now for planning ahead for your goals. Um, you can share a few goals if you like, those goals that um, you know mean something to you, they're, they're business goals, they're personal goals. Um, you also mentioned, um, yeah, the word wish, that's interesting. Let's, let's look at that as a word. Why do you say wish? Because I think it's really important to be aspirational when you run your own business. Um, And I think it's about creating your own future. I think even now I can still feel the shackles of being employed and thinking that I have to do things in a particular way. Um, This is a a few years ago now, but I decided it would be a really good idea to give myself an appraisal. And um, my coach that I was working with at the time she checked in with me a few times and said have you have you done that have you given yourself an appraisal I was like no because I'd have to create a template and tick boxes and ugh. and she was and she she was very good with silence and she just left it linger I was like but I don't have to do that I could do it in the form of a story and two hours later I was writing a story in a lovely new notepad that I bought and so I think for me it's about taking the um Ownership, taking responsibility, really carving out what you want, what you want your life to look like. 
That's what I mean by wish. Okay. So the categories of goals, let's explore a few of those if you don't mind. Sure. So the the business goals um, are around income and around profit margins. There's also around that consistency that I mentioned uh, on social media. And then I've also got sort of the the work that we're going to do with specific clients and also aspirations, wishes for new products that I would like to develop or research and scope. Um, In terms of the work-related goals, um, I won't won't give you them all, but one of the things that I, um, again, that I wanted for, I was hoping, wishing, I feel like I should break into song there. Go on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's to work four days a week. So I have Fridays off. The fact that I have a VA, the fact that I have um, a team of associates means that I can do that. Um, It's not always easy. You you still have that inner voice going, but what if the work dries up? Um, You should meet that client on that day. You know, you want to be flexible. You want to be accommodating. But actually, most of my clients have worked with me for so long now, it I can take that day off. Um, I also have it on my email signature as well, just to sort of really hammer home the point, both to clients and to myself. Um, it's about spending time on development. Uh, the, the Read the One workbook this year is on there. Um, I also always have August off. So again, that was on the work-related goals. And then just in terms of personal goals, it's things around sports. So I, I play a lot of tennis um i do uh i'm a bit of a fair weather open water swimmer mark i think you're a bit more hardcore than i am but um yeah to do more open water swimming things around things that i want to do in the home as well so just a really nice summary of where i want the business and myself to be um working towards throughout the year i do four things i have four sets of goals revenue goals Um, So I think about things or ways to increase profits, to reduce costs, Um, far more costs this year because I'm like you working with a VA. Um, What are my marketing goals? That's my second kind of bucket of goals. So I think of offline goals, online goals in terms of um, generating. Now, offline is hard because there's no opportunity to do public speaking. We're very much online these days. So it could be using, you know, Facebook ads increasingly. Um, Using Slack is, is fantastic for me. Um, I've also invested in Google ads. So that's the the kind of marketing goals, uh, improving revenue streams through online paid ads as much as organic um, lead generation. My third bucket is relationship goals, thinking of relationships I want to deepen, existing ones, uh, perhaps expand the kinds of products I'm selling to a particular client, uh, but also new relationships I want to create. And I'm thinking of your word wish here. There are quite a few people I'd like to... Uh, connect with and and clients I'd like to have, um, given my niche. And then I think of uh, the fourth category, which is investment goals. And again, echoing what you've said, it's investment in self, it's developing oneself. So it could be a range of courses, uh, reading I've subscribed to the New York Times uh, this year, and also to Harvard Business Review, both very affordable. Um, And maybe some digital marketing courses, uh, finance for non-financial managers course. um, And also just like you, I have a a list of books. In fact, I've got four right beside me right now, including um, Psycho-Cybernetics by 
Maxwell Maltz, and I'm rereading uh, The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters, fantastic book. Um, and then, of course, business investment goals. So again, uh, VA, um, I've, I've worked with four different VAs right now. So one guy for uh, the podcast, that's Sam. Um, there's a guy in Ankara in Turkey helping me with the website, that's Turul. Um, James does some of the graphic stuff, and then uh, beginning to work with someone called Michelle. So that's huge. I mean, that, that's enough, isn't it, for, for 21? There's a lot there. And I think, I love your idea of just saying a whole month, I'm not working. I'm not yet brave enough to say Fridays are not uh, a work day. I'm still struggling with that one. But, uh, uh, and I think part of it's not being able to put away social media or, or the laptop or, or the phone. It just follows me around like a, like a chain. Um, how did you do that? How did you actually achieve that, that circling of a Friday and just saying, that's not going to happen? I'm not doing anything on a, on, a, on a work basis on a Friday. How's that work? Did you have any mistakes there or were there any kind of um, resi- uh, temptations to, to do things which you had to yield to? It's really hard. It's like reconditioning yourself. Um, I think actually COVID has made it easier. Um, it feels like easier to negotiate the client's dates I think clients, my clients, uh, perhaps have greater flexibility because of how they're working now. Um, I think what I have done is I've shared that goal. So I've, I've I shared it with my VA. I shared it with the associates. Um, I shared it with my mentor. And I think it is about being held account to it. So when you're building your network, finding people that can hold you to account is really important because you don't have that manager. Um, and actually, Conversely, sometimes you can miss that. So I think it's really important to find ways of holding yourself to account. But the other thing that works for me is that um, I have a tennis lesson every Friday at two, obviously not at the minute, but um, so I have something booked in regularly that I love to do and I don't want to give up. And so I I kind of create... um, I fill I fill that space. I think it's dangerous to overfill it, but I think making sure that you're you using that time in a way that you want to, rather than cleaning the house or um, doing the shopping or something. You know, you work for yourself for a reason. You work for yourself because you want to create a life um, that is is ruled by you rather than ruled by anyone else. So find things or find one thing that you would like to do on that day. And then that day is dedicated to that. Final question, Annie, what is your, what's your outcome for three years time? If we said three years into the future, where is Annie's training company? I don't have one, Mark. I am, I think there's too much pressure at the moment. And so my focus is on 2021 and I am, it's not to say that I'm not thinking about it, but I, I'm not verbalizing it. I'm not putting anything out there because it's not concrete yet. So I'm thinking about what I want uh, 20, what would it be, 2024 to look like. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a kind of wishy-washy picture at the minute. <laughs> it's very lovely. It's got lovely colors. Um, I'm not quite sure what it looks like yet. Lots of whoop and poop, more than likely. <laughs> Hopefully not too much poop. 
<laughs> Where can people find out more about uh, your business? Obviously, it's uh, you have a great domain name, annie'strainingcompany.com. Where can people connect with you online? Um, on LinkedIn, if Annie and Clark, yeah, it'd be lovely to connect with people. But also, yeah, do feel free. You can reach out to me via the website as well. Okay, fantastic. Annie, thank you for being my guest of the show on this morning. Oh, thank you very much, Mark. It was great to connect. My sincere thanks to Annie Clark of Annie's Training Company for being my guest today and of course for sharing her time and ideas with you as my listeners. And you can find Annie online on LinkedIn. That's Annie, A-N-N-I-E Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E. And her website is annie'strainingcompany.com. Fantastic name, very simple and clear. Thanks to you for your time today. Wherever you are, please keep your emails coming. You've got great ideas for episodes, guests, content. So you can drop me a line directly, mark at trainingbusiness.com is my email address. And can I also also ask you to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening to the show right now, whether it's Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple, and you'll find episodes of the show on your podcast platform of choice every single Thursday without fail. Until next week, look after yourself, keep on training and keep on selling. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.